You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. Her name is Allison Maslin. And Allison is the CEO of Allison Maslin International. She's built 10 successful businesses, has had multiple exits, and has had clients like Ben and Jerry's, Supercuts, Merrill Lynch, and many, many others. She's also the author of a couple of books. The one that we're going to really kind of dive into today or components of it is called Scale or Fail right? So we're going to talk about how to scale your business. But before we do that, welcome to the show, Allison. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for I'm having me. You're here. I mean, you just got off a big event, right? Didn't you have a big event for your business? And so you're kind of decompressing from all that craziness? Yeah, just two days ago, leading an event for several hundred people. And so, yeah, still kind of high from that, all that adrenaline. And yeah, it was wonderful. That's got to be exciting. Exciting. Very exciting. So today we're going to talk about the five phases of scaling a successful business. And, you know, Allison's obviously done this many, many times for her own businesses, but she's also helped many clients do that. So she's going to help us unpack that. But before we do, give us a quick backstory, fill in the blanks a little bit, take two minutes and tell us the elevator version of kind of how you got here. And I'm really eager to kind of share these different phases and maybe some tips and tricks on how my audience can, you know, learn how to scale their business or get through some of those really difficult stages of growth. Yeah, I think this is really important information for business owners to hear, Dennis. So the quick backstory is that I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family. My father built the largest women's clothing chain in the United States that were privately owned, starting with my grandfather in 1955 all the way up to the early 80s. And so I really, it wasn't so much what my father told me, it was just watching him that if you want something, go make it happen. And so I started my first business in, at age 19 in college doing personalized poems. I thought, oh, I'm going to be a poet. That's it. And that evolved into a full service advertising and PR firm without me knowing anything about marketing. It was just really saying yes and then hustling to figure out how to do it. And things were going great until I completely ran out of bandwidth and pretty much fell apart. So this was in my 20s. And I was great at flying by the seat of my pants, but did not know how to scale, did not know how to put the systems and processes in the foundation to create a sustainable business, you know. And I ended up having a car accident from the stress, mm. barely didn't make it. And it was a miracle that I walked away from that. And, but it was a, as tough as it was, it was a great lesson early on to go, there's got to be a better way. Like you actually should be able to have a life 
because that's the whole point you get into business is to have freedom and then, you know, your business is owning, runs you. And so I went from there and really studied what I did wrong, what I did right, and studied a lot of these Fortune 100 companies that were clients of mine to see what were they doing. And I, I built this blueprint. This is many, many years ago. And so nine more companies since then over the last 35 years and sold four of them. Some of them are still running today. And now my company, Pinnacle Global Network, for the last decade, we have been my team of CEO mentors. We have been mentoring business owners all around the world. Amazing. Very cool. Awesome. What were some of your other businesses? You know, I mean, you mentioned your your poetry business was kind of like your initial idea, but that's yeah. really worked very quickly. What were some of the other industries or businesses or niches, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah. So I had a chain of, of beauty salons. I had a homeopathic medical practice for almost 20 years. I built the largest homeopathic college in the United States, Homeopathic Academy of Southern California in 99. I have a software company. I had a scuba diving certification company, a jewelry manufacturing company. Wow. Yeah. So real estate investment, just kind of all over the board. And it was fun because, you know, really not getting stuck in one model or one industry has been wonderful, especially now as we're mentoring business owners and really understanding the value of having the knowledge of all the different sides of the coin. Right. Yeah. Diversity. You've got a lot of experience in a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And so that's give, put you in a really good position to understand, you know, clients that are in a bunch of different industries. So that's awesome. Perfect. All right. So can you give me a sense as to scale how big your business is? I was watching a video. I know you've got a really nice office and you got some employees and you got, you know, you got this big event. But I mean, are you talking six figures, seven figure, eight figures, or number of clients or growth? Put it in some perspective so the audience can get a sense as to as to what you're running these days. Yeah. So we have an eight-figure company now. We have 20 employees and we have... So I'm not doing the actual direct mentoring anymore. What's unique about us is that we I hire CEOs that have scaled up very successful companies because our clients have, you know, even up to 50 million in revenue and they want to be mentored from people that have been there and done that. Mm. So that's what's really unique about us. It's not someone that's gotten a received a coaching certificate. They've actually scaled up and sold companies. So we have 10 CEO mentors on our team and that's growing. So No, I love that because I frequently you don't really we don't know each other well, but but I frequently go off on rants on LinkedIn in particular about, you know, all of the experts that are out there who took a course or got a certification or no, those are all great things. Don't get me wrong, but you really need to be a practitioner, right? You really need to be in the day-to-day building businesses like you have, building businesses like your mentors have, you know, the people that are working with you. And, and that's, you know, there's no replacement for that, right? You yeah. Can't. Well, that just kind of surprised it. me when I got into this industry, because I've always had a mentor and I really feel yeah. like that that is like, you know, you're cutting checks for speed, you know? For sure. Um, and so it was super valuable. But when I, I was really surprised to find that there were a lot of people that just had gotten a certificate. Now, nothing against them. They may be absolutely yeah. great sure. at what they do. But I feel like if I'm going to work with a mentor, I want someone that has been there and done it. Yeah. 
you know, and so that that's really what we're all about. Yeah, the fake it till you make it can only get you so far, right? Yeah, that's after a while you, you gotta jump in the ring, you gotta take some punches, you gotta land a few and then you know win a few matches and then we go from there. Yeah. So so thank you. But listen, yeah. now I wanna pivot into these five phases, okay? Because okay. I think the audience is gonna really get a lot of value out of this. So do me a huge favor, kind of break these down for us, and then I have a feeling there's gonna be a whole bunch of nuggets intertwined in there. So take it away. Yeah. So the five phases has come out after scaling several companies, selling companies, and looking at what is the natural evolution process of scaling up a business. And what I find, Dennis, is that most businesses get stuck in phase two and three and never get through all of these five phases. In fact, only 80% of businesses are not saleable. So, you know, you spend all these years building something that should be your asset for retirement or passing it down, and it just doesn't have the value there. And so really understanding these five phases helps you to go, okay, this is where I'm at, and this is the next phase. Once I make these tweaks, it's the next phase. So it's, it's like a roadmap. Yeah, by the way, that doesn't surprise me. And before we hit record, just so everybody knows, I cheated and we went through these five phases, and Allison is spot on with these phases because, you know, I've had tons of failures, right? I've had lots of things that didn't work, but I've had a couple of things that did really well. And as I was growing my last business, you know, from startup to about 80 million in sales, I literally had to touch every single one of these bases that she's going to go over with you. And it wasn't easy. So pay close attention, take some notes and I'll stop interrupting. Okay. (laughs) Jump in in anytime. All right. All right. So phase one, I call the seeker. And this is startup phase. Every business starts there and you are, you know, you're excited, you're diving in, you've got all this creative passion that a startup does. And you are, it's either the solopreneur, maybe you have a partner, but you're really doing everything. And you're trying to get clear on what your vision is. But at that phase, you really don't know what's ahead. So, and then you move into phase two. Once you start getting more clear on your target audience, you start getting some traction, you start creating revenue. Maybe you're in the six figures in your business and you say, okay, I'm going to hire an assistant. We're going to hire a marketing person. We're going to get a bookkeeper for sure, because I need to not be doing the books, but you're still approving everything that goes in and out of your business. So you really are a bottleneck to your growth. And so many businesses never leave this space, especially the service-based business. You've got the, the attorneys, the, the accountants and things like that because you are the customer delivery. And then we can move beyond that and start building teams. You move into phase three, which is the ringleader. And I call it a ringleader because it is a real circus in phase three. And probably many of those that you that are listening to this right now are like, okay, I can relate to this is where you're doing a lot of juggling. You may have several teams, you may have an admin team, a marketing team, sales team, maybe a finance team or customer delivery team, but you're still trying to manage it all. Like you are the consummate micromanager control freak where you have your hands in everything and you are being more of a boss rather than a leader. So you're that old model of telling people what to do, dictating, 
And that doesn't create any passion or stickiness with your team. They're not getting your vision yet because you're still developing it. But there are some positive things that are happening. You know, as you are, you're trying to figure out who's the right person for to stay on the bus. And until that happens, you've got a lot of a revolving door. And they say that 70% of employees are disengaged in the workforce. And so most of that 70% works for you in phase three. It's kind of what the feeling. (laughs) And so, you know, what happens here is that this attitude of the business owner is you can't find good people. You know, my employees are making more than me. I have no life. I've completely run out of bandwidth. And so they're continuing to use the what got them to this point, the same management practices, the same marketing practices, the same mindset, and thinking if I just work harder, if I just put more hours in, I'm going to get to that next level. And it just, it never happens. And so a lot of businesses actually die in phase three. I agree. Totally. That was the hardest one for me was to get through phase three. Like I said, in our prior conversation, that was really tough because giving up control, finding other people that could gel, having, you know, that cultural component, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there that, you know, obviously we don't have time to unpack everything, but there's a bunch of things in there. And I think that that was the hardest one for me personally. So yeah, so continue. Yeah. Went through phase one seekers, phase two pioneer, phase three ringleader. Right. And so then, you know, the goal is to shift to phase four, which is the co-creator. And the shift that has to happen is that the leader really needs to be a leader and move out of this being a boss. And what a leader does is they inspire people into action, which is totally different. And so if I'm talking to my team and I'm telling them, look, you need to do this. This is your goal. You know, it's going to, to them, it's a job. It's a nine to five and they're out the door at five. But if you're approaching them and say, look, this is our vision. This is what we stand for. You're a huge part of this vision. We cannot do it without you. And so knowing that, how can you best contribute? You know, what are your, some of your creative ideas? I'd love you to go to the drawing board and come up with some things and really impart them as part of the process. Whole different ballgame because they're all in because they feel like that, you know, they're actually part of this creative process. Yeah, they feel like they're having an impact, right? They're actually having an impact. I mean, it's amazing the difference in how your employees feel when they really feel like they're having an impact versus just a cog in the wheel, right? Yeah, and they are so smart and so creative, but a lot of times they're afraid to share their opinions. And maybe they did and you said, yeah, that won't work. (laughs) And so what's the impetus for them to keep bringing that to the table? So it really is helping to elevate the team. And then they start asking these important questions. How do we increase profits? How do we create a better customer experience? And so the pressure starts coming off of the shoulders of the CEO, of the founder, because now it's a we experience. And so that's the true phase four. And you start to see these leaders emerge in those teams. And so, you know, they really, they've got it. And if they feel that you trust them, then they're going to even step into that more. Or maybe you recruit some other leaders in at this phase. 
So at this point, your values are really infused in the company. And so anyone that you bring in that doesn't mesh with that, they don't last. Like they kind of oust themselves pretty quickly. And then, yeah, so that's phase four, which is much more fun. And then into phase five, which I call the visionary, which is why we got into business in the first place. And at this point, they don't really need you. You know, you can really keep bringing in some cool, creative ideas because that's always fun for an entrepreneur. But at this point, you're just kind of checking numbers. You should be able to, in phase five, be gone for a month or two and the business should continue to thrive. So that's, and then, you know, at this point, are you ready to exit? And if and you want to be planning that from day one, you know, what is your goal for an exit? Or maybe you let that continue. You put another CEO in like you did and start your, go back to Seeker and start over again. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I think those phases are really interesting. So after having worked with a lot of different businesses, right? Where do you see the bulk of them getting stuck? Is it in that kind of that, you know, seeker to pioneer stage? Is it more the ringleader to co-creator? Where do you see them getting stuck most often? I'd say it's the the pioneer and the ringleader. Okay. So and it's, it's yeah, and it, and once they get to ringleader, you know, you have you're definitely a seven eight figure company. Right. But so it really depends on what kind of company you're building. And I really think mindset has a lot to do with it because a lot of people are so afraid to grow. You know, they want to keep it small because they feel like that if they grow, they won't have a life and they don't really know how to not be the one that is delivering the product or service because they're so afraid that their customers won't be taken care of. And so, you know, that's all about systems and processes and really your values being infused in, in your company. But the two and the three, you know, three is miserable. If you're not really seeing, you don't have a a strategic plan ahead. And, you know, you want to, in phase three, it's good to get a CFO, I think, to start making some important financial decisions. Because even though you could be in the seven, eight figures in your company, you can really have cash flow crunches there, even when you're growing. And I'm sure you've been there. Mm. But, and also you have to be comfortable, you got to be comfortable with debt and you got to learn to just be resilient. You've gotten knocked down enough that you're like, eh, it's just a challenge. We'll find the answer. And that's when you have that kind of resilience, then it's much easier moving into four and five. Gotcha. Perfect. All right. So in your business, so here, let's get a little bit micro into your business. You know, this business that you're in now, right? Because you've got an eight figure business, Mm -hmm. a lot of experience in starting and ramping up businesses. You've got a lot of experience in looking under the hood of other people's businesses. What do you think is the biggest struggle for you in growing your business? I mean, because we all have challenges, right? We all have issues, We have weaknesses and strengths, right? How about you? Give us, be a little bit vulnerable and tell us what do you think you struggle with the most in taking this maybe to even a next level for you? Yeah, I would say in the last, because we're going into our 10th year. Yeah. So in the last couple of years, I have really stepped out of the day-to-day operations. And so, you know, that was a big thing for me because just like any, you know, we have all these businesses we're mentoring and I'm kind of like the mama and I want to make sure... (laughs) That, you know, the people we bring on are just super, super solid. Yeah. 
So it was definitely a transition for me there. I think at this point, it's more, there's just so many exciting things that we're, we are, that are happening. I mean, we're going global. We um, are now with, we do a lot of our uh, mentoring is virtual but, and we have live events, but now we're developing roundtables and we'll be in a hundred cities in the next three years. So in my mind is it just can't happen fast enough. And, you know, it's, it's really learning to balance that. And, you know, I had, I had someone say to me a few years ago, Allison, you're like a red Ferrari and we are all running so fast to try to keep up with you. And so that was like, you know, my first thought was, well, run faster, you know, (laughs) what's the problem? (laughs) Uh, But then I was like, okay, there's something to this. So it's like, you want to grow quickly, but not to the point where you grow too quickly and that the, the growth isn't sustainable and that you're also, you're also making sure that you're innovative enough can, you know, that you're always on that pulse of innovation. I mean, we are in a, a disruptive marketplace. So it's always thinking about, you know, how do we separate aid ourselves instead of just, oh, this is the easy road, we're scaling and let's just, you know, because just like that, you know, like a Toys R Us or Radio Shack or something like that, they're gone. Right. Blockbuster. Yeah. And the thing is too, for me, I love this business. And I love business. I think just, uh, I, I don't think I will ever retire because I, I would just be bored. So I, the other thing too is just me shutting up. I think that too, when I'm with the team, just shut my mouth because there's always two cents that you can put in and then it just messes everybody up because they already have a plan. And so, you know, <laughs> it's hard to do that sometimes. Especially when it's your baby, right? I mean, because that's really yeah. as... as- like you described yourself, you're the mama of the business. And that's, you know, it's, that's how it feels when you're, you know, when you grow something from nothing and, you know, and it becomes, it thrives, you know, it's like having a child. So I totally get that analogy. So, all right, well, listen, anything else you want to add before I go into the last couple of questions and we'll wrap it up for today? No, let's keep moving. Cool. All right. So uh, next question is, what's your favorite growth tool or, you know, app or maybe SaaS product or something, something that you use that's really helped you grow your business? Yeah. So let me think about that because I have several. I mean, you know, as a team, we use, oh, I can only pick one. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, because, you know, I'm going to narrow you down here. I want you to pick and all the other vendors, they'll understand. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Let let me think about this for a second. because Yeah, it's a hard one. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to say, you know, uh, Evernote, which is not like, you know, the newest sexiest. No, it's okay. Yeah. But we use Evernote as a team and it's great because everything is instantaneously synced with phones, computers. Yeah. And if we are not the best at titling documents and getting everybody to do that, all you got to do is put a couple words in there and you search and you find it. Yeah. Instant you know? access. Yep. Yeah. Totally yeah. agree. No, I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. And besides your book, what would be one book you would recommend to the audience? Something that has helped you throughout your entrepreneurial journey? One of my favorite books that I always recommend is The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Awesome. And okay. it really is about breaking through your ceiling because if you're going to make it through that five phases, you need to see that you're capable of doing that. 
And most business owners use playing small as a business strategy, and it's not a business strategy. And yeah. it just keeps you stuck. So it's a, it's a really wise book in that it helps you to see where your roadblocks are and what is keeping you to continue to repeat those patterns, business after business, and possibly even self-sabotage. Love it. I'm definitely going to check that out because I haven't read that yet. So, oh, well, listen, before we go, let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about how to get your book, Scale or Fail, and then we're going to wrap it up for today. Okay, great. Well, our website is pinnaclegn.com. Pinnacle G like girl, uh, it's actually globalnetwork.com. And then if you want to reach out directly, you can just go to support at pinnaclegn.com. You can learn about our book at uh, scaleorfail.com. And I also have a weekly show called Scale or Fail. And it's on wherever you, wherever podcasts are, Love all it. those platforms. Love it. I'll make sure I include all those links in the show notes. Really, okay. really appreciate you being here. Congratulations on all your success. And I hope we get a chance to talk again soon. That was great. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Allison. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.